You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. It's 11 o'clock at night. It's dark. You're sitting in front of the mirror getting ready for bed. There's nobody else in the house. You see something move in the corner of your eye. You glance to your right, but you don't see anything. Another minute goes by, and you think you see movement again. So you slowly turn to your left, but again, the room is empty. You turn back around, and staring you face to face in the mirror is a cat. You jump back, because you don't have a cat, and there's no cat in the room. But there he is, staring at you in the mirror. Welcome to Paranormal Pets, where you can always expect the unexpected. Each week, we'll discuss all aspects of weird or spiritual animal encounters, ghosts, totems, psychic animals, animal souls, animal angels, and animals in religion, with a little cryptozoology thrown in. Now, step into the supernatural world of pets with your Paranormal Pets ghostly host, Dusty Rainbolt. Welcome to Paranormal Pets on Pet Life Radio, where the unexpected is expected and strange animals are the norm. I'm your host, Dusty Rainbolt. Thanks for joining us. We have a double header today. Our guests are going to be Eddie Hill and Christy Sellers, paranormal investigators from my hometown of San Antonio, Texas. Eddie is a veteran investigator of both this world and the next. He's a police lieutenant and the founder of After Dark Paranormal. They have some very interesting tales of unexplained animals to share with us in a little while. And speaking of the unexplained, have you ever wondered about creatures like unicorns and pegasus? Legends of mystical creatures go back almost as far as recorded history. The earliest description of the unicorn that I could find came from 5th century BC Greek historian Cesius, who described them as wild asses, fleet of foot, and having a horn that measured a cubit and a half, whatever a cubit is. Anyway, Aristotle also mentioned a couple of one-horned animals like the oryx, which is a kind of antelope, and the Indian ants. Other well-known historians like Strabo and Pliny the Elder also mentioned the existence of one-horned beasts. So, are these mystical, selfless creatures that we read about and love really based on one-time, living, breathing creatures? It would seem so. With that in mind, it's time for this week's Bizarre Animal News. In a June 12, 2008 Associated Press story, Marta Falcone reported a modern-day unicorn. The roe deer was named, appropriately enough, Unicorn. The little guy was born in captivity a year ago at a nature preserve in Tuscany, Italy, with an apparent genetic flaw that gave it a single horn in the center of its head. This is according to Gilberte Tozzi, the director of the Center of Natural Sciences in Prato, which is northwest of Florence. Unicorn's twin has a normal allotment of two horns in normal places. Now, it's not uncommon for horned animals to be born with a single horn. Usually the horn has normal placement and he's just missing a horn on the other side. But unicorn is unique because of the horn's position. It's almost unheard of for a single horn to be located in the center of the forehead. Tozzi speculated that similar anomalies might have inspired the myth of the unicorn. Now, legends of unicorns aren't confined to just land animals. There's the Moby Dick version, Captain Ahab's worst nightmare, called a narwhal. That's a whale with a long, spiraling tusk. 
Well, as you know, we paranormal aficionados and fantasy fans continue to embrace the unicorn. Just ask Harry Potter. But instead of the real live one-horned cow, deer, or goat, today's interpretation is a horse-like creature with mystical powers. Now, if you're interested in seeing the real live unicorn in person, so to speak, you can get more information from the Center of Natural Sciences, and the website is www.csn.prato.it. That's if you can read Italian. Now, from a deer with a point to a commercial with another good point. We'll be back with our guests, Eddie Hill and Christy Sellers, after a message from our sponsors. Now, time for something really scary. A word from our sponsors. Paranormal pets will reappear before you can say Bigfoot. Don't run away. Got a cool cat. Got a cool cool hat. Got a cool cat. Do you have a cool cat in the house? Of course I do. Got a camera? Then take a quick pic of your cool cat and enter the Pet Life Radio Cool Cat Contest. Pet Life Radio is partnering with Morris and Nine Lives to give you the chance to win a really cool cat care kit. Get a Nine Lives Play and Scratch Play Post, Nine Lives Wooly Cat Bed, Nine Lives Food Bowl, Morris Play Spinners, and much, much more. You'll also get an autographed copy of Pet Edutainer Arden Moore's new book, Happy Cat, Happy You. That. Everybody gets a chance to vote, and the top five coolest cats win an awesome cool cat care kit from Pet Life Radio and Nine Lives. To enter, just go to the PetLifeRadio.com website or CoolCatContest.com. That's it. You're madder than a junkyard dog, and you're not going to take it anymore. Your feathers are ruffled, your dander is up, and you've got a definite bone to pick. Join us each week on Pet Peeves, the show that lets you dig through the dirt and unleash your passion for pets. Your host, pet expert and award-winning author, Amy Shojai, will talk about what makes you howl and what hisses you off. Pet Peeves, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Did you hear that? Our commercials have mysteriously disappeared. Paranormal Pets is back with our haunted host, our ghost host, Dusty Rainbolt. Welcome back to Paranormal Pets on Pet Life Radio. Today, our guests are Eddie Hill and Christy Sellers with After Dark Paranormal. Eddie is a veteran paranormal investigator and a police lieutenant, as well as the founder of After Dark Paranormal. Welcome to the show, Eddie and Christy. How are y'all today? Well, thank you very much. We're doing fine. How are you doing? Just fine. Hi, I'm doing great. Hi. <laughs> okay, well, welcome to Paranormal Pets. We're so excited to have you. How long have y'all been interested in paranormal phenomena? Um, I've been interested in it for about 17 or 18 years. Wow. How did you become interested in it? Actually, I became interested in it at a really young age when um, I could see people that weren't there anymore that had already passed, and I could give uh, people some definite 
descriptions of the other people that had passed and the messages, and they knew exactly what I was talking about, but I didn't. And I was really young at the time. We're talking like 10, 11 years old, and, uh-huh. some, and I think it was even before that. But as I got older, um, I started to um, have a lot of paranormal experiences in some of the houses that, that we had to go to. Cause my father used to build houses when I was little. So that's how I got interested in it. I wanted to know as much as I could about what I was seeing and experiencing. Wow, that's amazing. Well, what about you, Eddie? When did you become interested in paranormal? Well, actually, the funny part about it is I got interested in the paranormal when I was very young before I even knew what the paranormal was. And I would say probably about five, maybe six years old. Now, looking back on it, I would say, you know, activity taking place, you know, at my grandmother's house and we would stay over there. My father would uh, leave, you know, he was in the military and uh, he would travel overseas. And my mother and I would stay at my grandmother's house in Laredo, Texas, you know, while he was... uh, you know, leaving on his leave of, or tour of duty. And I always remember having a bunch of different things taking place there, uh, dark shadows, different things that I'm seeing that no one else really could. And I would ask questions about it, and I would kind of get the runaround from the adults. And so it actually started uh, getting me more intrigued and more intrigued. And as I got older, and started realizing, you know, what some of this stuff were or was, you know, that I was running into. I wanted to uh, start actually investigating it and learning as much as I could about it. And basically started trying to find out what are the causes or what causes, you know, this type of events to take place. And if I could solve any uh, type of uh, riddles or, I guess, any any type of uh, debunking, I guess it was now, you know. And that's what I would actually do. So you worked both sides of it. You were interested in it, but you were also wanting to debunk it. Right, because, I mean, I couldn't explain it. No one else could explain it, so... I had to try and figure out a way to actually try and find out how some of this stuff actually works. If it was something that was taking place, you know, uh, that had a good explanation for it or, you know, there really were ghosts, you know what I mean? I didn't know. So that's, I, I kind of sort of, you know, diving deeper and deeper into it. Well, now, as children, did either one of you ever see animal ghosts? Yes. When I was a child, um, I had seen a dog that had passed some time before, and, um, it was weird to me. It just it looked like a normal dog, and when I realized that that dog had already passed, you know, I, I was kind of surprised. Didn't know what to think. In fact, I had never experienced that kind of stuff before. I always thought it was just people that you could see as ghosts. So um, I went on and I talked to one of my cousins about it, and I told her about the dog. And she, she said, "Yes." She said, "I remember him." And I told her what part of the yard he was in, and she said, "Yep, that's him." But I just I didn't know that that could ever happen. And later on, actually, was when I was already an adult, we had actually picked up some EVPs of a dog barking in a cemetery not far from San Antonio. And it was in an area that was, it, it was by a, a little water ticket that had a little bowl outside of it. And the water would drip into this bowl. And I told Eddie and the guy that was with us, I said, you know, there's a little dog running around here. That's when we picked up the EVP of a little dog that was yapping away and who was right there by that same little area. Did other people hear it? Um, actually, there was one girl with us that also had said something about, yep, there's, you know, she could hear a dog barking, but the guys didn't hear him quite yet. And then later on, the, the guys had thought that they had heard a small dog barking farther away, but by that time, we had already walked away. So I'm wondering if they heard the same thing that we all heard as well, or me and the girl had heard. Has any of this ever scared you? When I was young, yes, it did. But as I grew older, I just took it for granted that I was seeing things that other people wouldn't see and and it just stopped scaring me. Did any of the animal experiences frighten you? Actually, yes. The dog in the backyard did. Uh, because 
I was so convinced that, you know, this dog was still alive and, and I was, you know, I just thought that the, the, the parents had hidden the dog from us because they, they were always complaining about we would rough up the dog or play with the dog too much and we'd get them all riled up and he was such an old dog. So I kind of freaked out about that, that I'm seeing this dog that's no longer there or was, I was told was no longer there. And it upset me to find out that, no, he really did pass and that was the area that they had buried him in. How long had he been gone when you had this experience? I must, it must have been gone about two and a half years or so because I didn't get to go over to my cousin's house a lot. So it was about two and a half years, I think. Two years. Did you ever experience it again? The same little dog? No. No, I never did. Aww. I lost the experience of the animal in the graveyard, which I'm sure Eddie will tell you about, which was a wolf. And to kind of lead you up into that experience, Two to three weeks before that, we were all sitting in a restaurant, and a friend of ours had asked, you know, what's around me, Christine? So I was telling her and stuff, and all of a sudden, I switched to Eddie, and I looked at him, and I said, you know, you have an Indian maiden with you, and she looks like this, and she has this, you know, gray-white wolf that's with her. And he was like, that's interesting. And he has some Native American in in his background. So we talked a little bit about that, and I just left it alone. And then about two or three weeks later, we were in a cemetery and I'll let well, Eddie I tell, go on and tell you that full story. Well, I tell you what, we're really excited to hear that, and we're going to make our listeners wait just a moment. We'll be right back after these messages from our sponsors. Now, time for something really scary. A word from our sponsors. Paranormal pets will reappear before you can say Bigfoot. Don't run away. Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, candid pictures of you and your pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. Fluff your feathers, roll out your tongue, shine your fins, snap on your leashes, and grab your human. It's the Louisville Pet Lovers Expo. Two full days of pet-tastic fun that no pet lover should miss. Join us for shopping, the Barks and Couture Fashion Show, Dream Pet Wedding, Ultimate Pet Makeover, Pet Communicator, Rescue Me Pet Adoption, Service Dog Demonstration, and tons of fun contests. Bring your pets and join us at the Louisville Pet Lovers Expo, Saturday, September 27th, and Sunday, September September 28th at the Kentucky Expo Center. For more information, go to LouisvillePetExpo.com. Want to know what cats like to eat for breakfast? Mice Krispies, of course. Learn everything there is to know about cats on Catitude with your host, Tom Doc. Each week, we'll spotlight a cool cat breed, give up-to-date advice on cat health, and check out spiffy new cat products. So curl up on the couch every week for a perfectly enjoyable time on 
Catitude every week on demand only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Did you hear that? Our commercials have mysteriously disappeared. Paranormal Pets is back with our haunted host, our ghost host, Dusty Rainbolt. Well, welcome back, y'all. Welcome to Paranormal Pets on Pet Life Radio. Our guests today are Eddie Hill and Christy Sellers from San Antonio, the uh, After Dark Paranormal. And they just teased us with a little story about a wolf that they saw. Eddie, would you like to tell us about the wolf? Well, the cool thing about it, like Christine was saying a little while ago, probably two or three weeks beforehand, uh, we were all having a, a meeting. And we were sitting around talking about different types of animal spirits and uh, different types of, uh, you know, guarding names, you know, that kind of thing. And I asked her what was around me, and she told me that I had an Indian woman who was around me, and her messenger was a wolf, and she would send this wolf, and this was my messenger whenever she wanted me to know something. Now, you know, I, I've never really had a reading like that, you know, as far as that goes. So I was like, oh, well, you know, that's pretty neat to know, you know, it's different, but I mean, it's pretty cool. I didn't think anything more about it. Well, one night we were supposed to head out to a cemetery, and we had a, a couple that was very new to the world of the paranormal. And they were wanting us to teach them how to collect EVPs. Did you tell well, me earlier that this was their first time out? Correct. This was their first time out. They were very, very, very new to this. And um, they really didn't know what to expect. You know, we had up to this one graveyard that was very active uh, here in San Antonio. And we got out of the vehicles. We had all our equipment, such as video and recordings and, you know, everything. We had our EMS meters and what have you. But since we were just going to be given a class on EVPs, we decided, oh, let's just take our recorders. We'll just leave the rest of the stuff here, which was a very bad thing to do and probably one of the biggest mistakes I think we've ever made. Anyway, we traveled to the very far back of the cemetery, um, and things started out you know, fairly quiet, not a big deal. We were explaining to them what kind of uh, tape recorders to purchase and all that kind of stuff. Well, about that time, we heard this loud scream, which is a scream of roar and probably about maybe 50 feet from us. And the area that we were in was very heavily wooded. Uh, me and a buddy of mine that was there, we went and looked and searched the area, couldn't find anything out of the ordinary. Uh, 45 seconds after the first scream, we heard another one on the other side of the cemetery. And, you know, from as thick as the brush was over there, there was no way anybody could run or travel that distance, you know, with a flashlight, much, much less in complete darkness. And um, we started heading back towards the vehicles. On the way going back toward the vehicles, we were following a small trail of mowed grass, which is uh, probably about an area big enough for your car to drive through, where it's cut very, very low, probably grass, maybe two inches high. And onto the side of it was some higher grass. Well, I saw something moving, and I told everybody to hold still for a minute. Something was coming through the grass. And as I looked up, there was this wolf actually jumped into the clearing, and he probably weighed maybe 90, 95 pounds, maybe a little bit heavier. Walked out into the clearing, turned, and went straight across the oh, straight across away from us into the brush across the the mowed path. I was kind of in disbelief because we don't have any wolves in Texas, you know, around the San Antonio area. You know, we have lots of coyotes, you know, stray bats, that kind of thing, but we don't have any wolves. Well, 
we looked a little bit in disbelief, you know, and kind of watched the area for a while and never came back out. So we started walking again down the trail, headed back toward our vehicles. And I looked down, something caught my attention near my side, and I looked down and noticed that this wolf was probably maybe two or three inches from my left leg, going the same direction I was, maybe just a little bit faster than I was walking. So I hollered at everybody that the wolf was back, it was right next to me. We turned on the flashlight and shined the flashlights on the animal, and he looked perfectly solid, looked, you know, just like a regular animal, wild animal, went right in front of us, and uh, we had two very high-powered flashlights that we had on him. Well, he got probably, I want to say, between 25 and 30 feet in front of the group where we were walking. And just for a lack of a better way to put it, he just turned into like, basically like the snow that you see on your television when there's not a channel, and just kind of dissipated and was gone. And left us standing there with our mouths wide open. We've never seen anything like that before. And how many people were there watching this? Uh, I would say, I want to say about seven. Including Christine, right? Yes. And what did you see? What I saw was, I was actually in the back of the pack, like I usually am, <laughs> coming back from the cars, and um, I had heard something rustling in the grass the first time, and when it ran out in front of me, it was in between me and them, so I saw the tail end of this wolf with a really fuzzy, furry tail, and I'm thinking, that looks like a wolf, and I immediately thought back to the table when I was sitting with Eddie telling him about the wolf, and then I thought, he's warning us about something, he's warning us. The cemetery that we where we were in was known some time ago as not a very safe place to be. They used to um, have a really bad reputation. People use it to dump bodies that aren't supposed to be buried, and there's some murders that are committed, were committed out there. It hasn't been used like that for a long time. But I think that wolf had something to do with that, because that woman's scream was probably, there's a reputed woman out there that has been, that was raped and mutilated out there. So I think that we were hearing the remnants of her old crime, of the old crime committed on her. But the second time I saw the wolf, when we had walked up a little bit more, he appeared out of nowhere. And he was coming in the same direction again from behind us, again to run toward the, to, from left to right. And I thought, Jesus, he, he actually looked like an animal now, like full animal. And I, I thought that was pretty cool, but I was also knowing that we don't have wolves in San Antonio. And I could also hear him panting. And you could real lightly hear his paws hitting the ground, which is unusual because he's such a large animal. He should be making more noise than that. And uh, then it disappeared. So I really didn't know what to think of that. I, I was really surprised and shocked, but I still was thinking he was there to warn us or about something. Well, that's amazing. What, now, wasn't there something about the reflection in his eyes? Yeah, here's another crazy part about you know the whole wolf incident is that you know, if you shine a flashlight into a dog's eyes, a coyote's eyes, a wolf's eyes, any animal, it's going to give off a reflection back of some sort. Um, we had two very strong flashlights on this wolf, and there was no reflection. It was just like two dark holes in his eyeballs or where his eyes should be. And uh, mm. the other crazy thing is that he never made eye contact with us. You know, if an animal, you know, gets startled by some or whatever, they look up. And they'll stop. And they'll stop. He never paid us any attention. It was almost like we weren't there. So, I mean, he, it was kind of strange that he didn't pay us very much attention and that he wasn't worried about the fact that there was humans in the area. And that's not characteristic of a wolf. No, because no, wolves, no, wolves are very shy animals. Right. Um, well, what do you think this means? I'm not real sure. Here's the crazy part. The very next day, I'm working in my front yard, and um, I didn't think a whole lot about the wolf incident at this point in time. I mean, I'm busy trying to pick weeds, and it was really hot. And my dad had pulled up, 
And uh, he got out of the truck and he was walking over to me. He said, hey, what's going on? I was like, well, not a lot, just over here pulling some weeds. Well, he was real quick to point out that there was an animal running through the yard. He goes, hey, look over here. And when I looked over my shoulder to the front of the yard, there was that same wolf running across my yard and running towards the front of my truck. So I dropped what I was doing, took off running after this thing, ran to the front of my truck and just totally lost it. And I had to get my dad to get out there and help me look. And we searched the whole block. Uh, there was absolutely nothing, no animals anywhere. Well, that is just, that's one of the strangest things I've ever heard of. And your dad actually saw it. Shame he didn't have a camera either. <laughs> yeah, well, he saw it, but I mean, he, we didn't get to see it disappear this time. It just, you know, when we went around the area where we last saw it, I mean, which was immediately, it was gone again. Just amazing. He was, that, he was the one that actually pointed it out to me. I even had to ask him several times if that was a wolf that he pointed out to me, and he said yes. And, of course, he also knows that there aren't many or aren't any wolves in San Antonio. So, Eddie, can you tell us how our listeners can find out more about what you do? Sure. We have a website. If uh, they would like to go to www.afterdarkparanormal.com. And uh, we also teamed up with another uh, group, which is uh, Into the Darkness. And uh, they are basically our video guys. They follow us around and videotape us when we're out on, on uh, different uh, locations. And you can go to their website at www.livethedarkness.com. Well, that's just great. Well, Eddie and Christine, thank you so much for visiting with us today. I'm looking forward to talking to you and, and hearing about more of your adventures, and hopefully you'll get to see some more wolves and maybe some dogs and cats. Thank you well, so much. Thank you, too. Thanks for inviting us. I'd like to thank our guests, Eddie Hill and Christy Sellers, for taking time to tell us that thrilling wolf story. Now it's time for our Haunted Travel Guide's Hotel of the Week. Those of us who have cats know how embarrassing it can be when company comes over and the cats find that particular moment to relieve themselves. If it's too annoying, the logical answer would be to move the litter box to a less prominent place. But that's not an option at the Ivy House Bed and Breakfast in Casper, Wyoming. This little spot was chosen the country's 8th best bed and breakfast in the Arrington Bed and Breakfast Journal Book of Lists for 2002. The inn offers three rooms, two suites, and a couple of ghost cats. The present owners, Tom and Kathy Johnson, bought the property from the estate of, well, a crazy cat lady. And it's not uncommon for family members and guests alike to spy two Siamese cats running down the hall. The only problem? Tom and Kathy don't have any Siamese. The bed and breakfast has cold spots and orbs, and occasionally the faint image of cats show up in photos. Once in a while, the curtains rustle as if the cat's moving behind it, and other times, vases and candles mysteriously fall over. The Siamese spirits aren't confined to any particular area of the home. Occasionally, one particular hallway containing an invisible cat box emits an noxious aroma. Like any litter box, the smell dissipates in a few minutes. After all, the family hasn't been able to locate the ectoplasmic litter scoop. Now, guests have reported kitties snuggling in bed next to them and rubbing up against their legs, but there is no kitty there. You can get more information on the Ivy House Bed and Breakfast at ivyn at yahoo.com. Unfortunately, it looks like we're out of time. I'd like to thank my guests, Eddie Hill and Christy Sellers, my producer at Pet Life Radio, and our sponsors for making this show happen. Don't forget to check out Eddie Hill's website, AfterDarkParanormal.com. And while you're checking things out, if you have a story about a paranormal pet 
an animal haunting, a hotel or public place that's haunted by an animal, or a little bit of bizarre animal news, you can contact me through Pet Life Radio or at DustyRainbolt.com. Don't forget to look for my book, Ghost Cats, Human Encounters with Feline Spirits at your bookstore. And also check out my cat care and behavior books, Cat Wrangling Made Easy, Maintaining Peace and Sanity in Your Multi-Cat Households, and Kittens for Dummies. Goodbye, and may you always be in good spirits. Pet Life Radio presents Paranormal Pets, where you can always expect the unexpected. Each week we'll discuss all aspects of weird or spiritual animal encounters, ghosts, totems, psychic animals, animal souls, animal angels, and animals in religion, with a little cryptozoology thrown in. Step into the supernatural world of pets with your paranormal pet's ghostly host, Dusty Rainbolt, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.